You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, November 9th, 2022, from the new, new and improved Mindless Wrestling Podcast Studios. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. Uh, we would be coming to you from, uh, well, I would be coming to you from sunny Florida, but it's another night and another hurricane, and I'm um, hoping we don't lose power, hoping I don't lose internet, hoping I can make it through the night. Uh, Going to go around the room here and introduce this cast of characters we have on this show. Going to start with a man hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, destined to go through a barbershop window, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, my friends. How are you? Ah, well, like I said, hoping I make it through the show. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. And I like that we decided... um, before the show. Yeah, we'll have Rob record the show. We'll have Rob record the show. Just in case DJ's power or internet goes out, Rob and I can keep soldiering on. And here we are with DJ recording the show. So I mean, let's... Both can uh, record. I think anybody can record. Oh, really? I think. I might be wrong. I could be wrong. If, I, if I'm wrong, then just don't worry about it and we'll hope for the best. As they say in the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, fuck it, we'll do it live. Right. That's right. <laughs> And last but never, ever, ever least, the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How are you, sir? All right, and and, and we have the shovel ready for tonight. Oh, he's got it shined up, guys. Here it is. I can see it. It's like glistening. You can see the lights coming off of it. It's fun. We'll do a recap show in a year. We'll do the 52 victims of Rob Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the best of. Yeah. yeah. We'll do the top 10 burials from Rob Bonnet. That's right. <laughs> so, for those of you who listen to us on the Chairshot Radio Network or who follow us all along, you know that uh, Crown Jewel was this past weekend. And immediately following the show, Rob and I got up and did a tag team episode little supplemental thing talking about the show. Jason was absent. Uh, he just couldn't make it. He had other engagements. So we're going to give Jason a few minutes here to give us his thoughts on the Crown Jew premium live event. Jason, the floor is yours. Well, uh, just quick, quick stuff because I, unfortunately, I got to work. I work at a lovely cell phone store. I got to work. I put my Chromebook on the table. I flipped open my Chromebook. I logged into the WWE cock. I hit, you know, live. And I was watching the premium live event, having a great time. 
I thought it was going to be a slow day. It was great. I dealt with some people in the morning, and then it was quiet. I was like, oh, I don't have any appointments. Don't have anything. Awesome. Crown Jewel hits. The Pyro hits. I'm like, yeah, I'm having a great time. Brock Lesnar's uh, guitar hits. I'm like, yay, Brocky! And a customer walks in. And I never... And I was never able to unmute that thing until uh, I think Lo like Logan and Roman were halfway through their match. So I was able to keep one eye on it, which is why I didn't feel too terribly that I um, didn't jump on with you guys. Because I'm like, I wouldn't really have much to add. Uh, but in going back and watching some clips and checking things out, um, that was... Uh, um, that was... Every time I hit the mic mute, it, like, double mutes. Oh. So, anyway. Um, so, Logan and Roman was really the only thing that I could speak on. Um, and that was everything, the spectacle it was supposed to be. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about Logan Paul as a professional wrestler. That kid can come back anytime he wants. Um, and it, the, the spot that I was talking about happened. And, it, you know, oh, he landed the lucky punch. And, okay, for for point one second, for point one second, even I, even I went, would they? So, it worked. Um, some other cliff notes on that. Uh, another huge L, huge L for the, oh, Triple H is never, they're never going to have women in Saudi Arabia. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, we had another woman referee um and we had another women's match and we had a women's tag team match so and by the way all their gear was phenomenal oh and yeah all the women knocked it out of the park yeah. with the gear this year yes quick Big quick side note yeah. on, on the women can somebody correct me if i'm wrong rob i know you watched the whole show jessica and asha both wrestle or uh ref two matches each didn't they i believe so I believe they did. They both. I, I was watching. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw Aja out there twice, and I'm fairly sure I saw Jessica Carr out there twice as well. Yeah, and who did the main event? Didn't Jess do the main event? Um, good question. I think she might have. She I might think... have. I, I, the, the, I hate saying this because I hate being this way, but there was so much spectacle in the main event. I... Dave Hebner could have refereed it, and I wouldn't have known it. Well, yeah, and they've been in back uh, big spots before because um, oh no, I was trying to see if she the shot of the comic book cover of Logan flying off the turnbuckle and Roman about to absolutely mollywop him. Oh, that By picture way, is iconic. Yes, that photographer, a job for life. Triple H. Yes. Yes, that that photo is phenomenal. All right, let, let's 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 quick quick poll. Which one's more iconic? That one or the one with Roman Reigns and the pyro going off behind him at WrestleMania 30... 30, 33. B 33. Yeah. Oh, 33. Which oh, one's more iconic? Uh, Roman, because uh, the fireworks, because that's because of what it meant. Because of what yeah. it meant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because to me, that that's just that that's a video game cover with him and Logan Paul. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it absolutely is. That should be the cover of Two K Twenty Four or whatever it is. Yeah, I think they're yeah. the Twenty Four now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty Three just came. So yeah, so so Asia was in the she's in the tag team match. I'm looking through like little highlight clips. So she did the women's tag team match. Uh, Jessica was in the cage. 
That's oh, it. That's right. That's, that's right. It. Yeah. That's because I remember for her. That because she had the Edge and Seth in the last Saturday show. Yeah. So she she's so in cage, and she was, she's in she's in the tag team title match with the Usos, Jessica. Yeah, two pretty important spots, and again, white American dude watching this from ten thousand feet, but in the manner of women being empowered and whatnot. Yes, women facing off in the ring is pretty darn awesome and incredible and an amazing achievement and whatnot. I don't think it should be overlooked that several times that night, a woman was the authority figure over a bunch of men. Yeah, and uh, Asia was also in there with Braun and Omos. Yeah. Okay, that's another That's another big deal. Yes, yeah, so they, so they each had two matches. I thought so. so. Mr. Mr. WWE's never going to do that. They're just there for the money. They're never going to care about the women, blah, 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 blah. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Yep. And, and the other thing I'll say to this is that they didn't, you know, they didn't make themselves part of the show. Nope. <laughs> no, they like, did not. Like, 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 you know, there, there's a certain referee in another company who is known for being, you know, becoming part of the show. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, and we'll leave it there. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road, Bubba. Because if you mention their names, my copyright strikers. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, to be, to be fair, though, this, this beard is all original. You're not copyright striking it. I'm sorry. <laughs> to be fair, the AEW ref in question, making herself part of the show, it works to a point for a lot of matches. But she tends to overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I'll give it a Sir refs, I don't think referees in a WWE match should be unseen, unheard, unwhatever. They they are part of the show, whether you like it or not. Um, just a matter of how much part of the show. Yeah, I'll just in, say if if you're not factoring into the match, right? If if, if you are just refereeing and you're mm-hmm. not if you're not involved in the match in the finish or something or other. If you're not playing a, a role, other, you know, then yeah, we you should be the, like a referee in any other sport. We should not be thinking yeah. about you. Right. Sometimes <laughs> be used to convey emotion. Well, and that's the referee's yeah. job, you know, is to kind of help with the story. And sometimes, in some cases, referees will call the spots. Yeah, you know, it's not unheard of for referees to call spots in a match. There you go. Um, one quick side note, because Rob and I, this news didn't even come out until after um, Rob and I had finished recording on Saturday. While, while we're putting over Logan Paul, we got to put over the fact that the guy, like, blew out his knee. Like, I guess, torn ACL, MCL, and what, meniscus? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> during the match, and I, they think he did it on the buckshot lariat. Uh, that seems to be where he did it, and you know the guy finished the match because I think he pulled that move off like halfway or three quarters of the way through the match, yeah, and just kept going. And he uh, was injured, even in blowing his knee apart into a thousand pieces. Still a better, better, uh, better buckshot lariat than Philip Jack Brooks. Yeah, Philip yeah. Jack landed on his ass. Yeah, twice. <laughs> twice. But then to still keep wrestling that match and do that amazing frog splash at the end through the table was just kudos to that kid. Again, and I know Rob and I talked about this. I'm not going to go long on it, but just kudos to that kid for really taking it seriously, showing the heart, and 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 finishing the match. Absolutely. Jason, you got anything else for Crown Jewel? 
Uh, no, it was a wonderful spectacle. Um, it, I hope Brock and Bobby becomes something because um, that sure feel like they were finished. But then, based on the events of Monday and no Brock Lesnar to be seen, well, maybe we'll maybe that's being tabled for a while. But I sure would like that to to finish in in an honest to goodness, you know, match for those guys. Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of Monday night, why don't we talk a little bit of Monday Night Raw? Because, you know, aside from whatever my timeline may have thought, I thought Monday Night Raw was really good. There were a lot of plates spinning in the air. I thought they all worked together fairly cohesively. There was a lot going on coming out of Crown Jewel going into Monday night, guys. Yeah, and it was like watching, I don't know, as the show went on, like you were saying, DJ, there were a lot of plates spinning on a lot of, you know, sticks. And it was like watching the Megazord come together or something like that. They just slowly, each segment was just like, yep, this guy's doing this, no more questions. This Well, or more questions, but we're moving the story along. You know, insert guy here, insert person here, boom, 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 and everything just kept on trucking. Right, and, and it built to this crescendo that was the main event, and I think a lot of people missed that nuance. There was like this slow build to this blowout in the main event, and, you know, you had, you know, first, let me start off here. What the hell was with that crowd? Oh, yeah, yes. they stopped. What the hell was, was with, with Wilkes-Barre? Oh, my God. I just listened to the well, show, and I'm like, they are dead. Congrats. You just got yourself on the live the live show circuit. Don't go back there for a TV show. Yeah, God, that was terrible, man, because I'm watching. Like, I take the the uh, the Miz and Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. Personally, mm-hmm. I was invested in the whole thing. I thought they had a great match. Rob argued that the promo may have gone a little long and that the match itself may have gone a little long. You'll get no argument from me there. It's a Johnny Gargano match, and you know the guy can't do seven to ten minutes. That's not a knock, because I like Johnny, but he just does not do seven to ten minute segments. It may have gone a little long, but I thought the match was great. I thought the finish was clever as hell. With with Miz sliding underneath the ropes, or underneath the ring, pretending he got dragged under there, comes out, he's got the turnbuckle, and, and he cracks Gargano with it. Gargano loses, and you know then we we lead into the Dexter Loomis thing at the end. I'm invested in this storyline uh, but that the crowd Monday night was just like sitting on their hands. And well, and I think, well, the crowd was bad in general, but <clears throat> I think one thing we, we still got to remember that most of the people watching the show aren't familiar with Johnny the way we are. Right. So he's still that guy that, well, who's this guy? And having him out there for a 10 minute promo immediately followed by a 15 minute match was probably not the best idea in hindsight. Um, but like, so the match wasn't bad at all. It wasn't a bad match. Like, that was I mean, a good match. Yeah, and um, but I, yeah, again, it's just yeah. I mean, having the you know the, the the promo thing went almost ten minutes, and the match went fifteen, and they were right after each other. Um, that probably didn't help. Yeah. One of the things in the flow of the show that I really liked, they kept teasing all night. Seth Rollins is going to do uh, the U.S. Championship Open Challenge. He comes out to the ring. He's confronted by Judgment Day, who is then confronted by uh, the OC, the original club. And this led into just a, a great moment and something that I super, super popped for. The And, and I'm going to touch back on something that I talked about on Saturday 
the introduction of Mia Yim to what's essentially, as Jason would call it, Bullet Club Light. Uh, Mia Yim released, what was it, earlier this year or last year? That was last year. It was last year, so it's been that long. It's uh, You know what? She even said that in a promo afterwards. She says, I took a year off to find myself, and you know, here I am. But yeah, so she was released last year. We all had many, many thoughts on the release of Mia Yim. She's somebody that we all really were high on, really just... She was part of Retribution. It stunk. It ended up being what it was. Then they teased her being on SmackDown for like two months, and then she was gone. So to see her come back, not only come back, but be in a, a high-profile situation, I'm excited for this. Uh, there is a little bit of egg on my face that I got to wipe off because I said on Saturday, Rob and I were talking about the, the Rhea Ripley problem, and you know a lot of people, and, and Rob was like, you know, we got ourselves worked up into thinking that Saturday – Someone was going to come out and be the equalizer, and no one was. That was something fan. It was one of those things that fans do. We booked it ourselves. WWE never promised it. We and I said on Saturday that I don't think they need an equalizer right now because at least it looks like the the somewhere down the line we're getting Rhea Ripley versus um, Beth Phoenix. Yeah. And my exact words were, if you bring out an equalizer now, somebody that can go toe-to-toe with Rhea Ripley, you're taking money out of that bag with her and Beth Phoenix. I still stand by that statement, but I'm happy to see Mia Yim on my TV again. I'm hoping she gets a genuine shot at showing us, showing the main roster audience what she can do, because I think she's incredible. Rob, you got any thoughts here? Yeah, so, uh, so what I think you can do here... All right, so this is... Obviously, this is going to be the extend the time for Beth to show up. And then, I mean, it's November. You got two months of house shows. You know, and so you couldn't bring Beth back now because Beth ain't going out on the road. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you know, and and, and I'm not saying as a knock either. I wouldn't, you know, if I were, I wouldn't either. Right. Um, But Mia is perfect to plug in for the next two months. To do these tag team matches on the house shows they can have a few segments on tv where they get into each other um you know maybe at some point they have a proper one-on-one match and then of course Rhea will win because you know the, the point is to keep Rhea, you know not beaten until beth shows up so and i think look mia is perfect for this and she can go out there she can go out and have a hell of a fight with Rhea or several and they'll probably have some type of eight person match at survivor series because now you know you got three dudes and one woman on each side um they'll do something there again they'll work the road for the rest of the year maybe into january and then it's just a matter of when do you want to reintroduce beth yeah i think mia's perfect to do that and then well my, my only complaint was that i mean she's perfect for this uh, they could really use her on SmackDown. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, look, I think she would be the best out of the women there right now. She would be the best woman wrestler there overall day one. And if she went over there. Uh, yeah. yeah so, well, Rob, you said they, they only need her until Beth comes back. So. That's true. She can, she can always go over there after. Exactly. So, um, right. Once, so once they transition out from her to Beth and Rhea, she can go over to SmackDown. There you go. Or maybe you got any thoughts here? But oh, but I just oh, got. I'm, I'm sorry, Rob. You I'm, weren't done. 
I'm 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 so happy to see her back. She was number one on my list of people. Once once it was clear, once Hunter started bringing people back, she was number one on my list. And yeah, that's why and I'm so glad he did that. When her contract with Impact ran out, what two weeks ago? It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It was a couple of weeks ago when it ran out. I think we all just kind of took a deep breath and crossed our fingers, and you know, and here we are, me again, back in back in the territory, and I, I'm here for it. And it would have been perfectly understandable if she had, if she had gone to AEW since her husband is there. That would have been perfectly understandable. Oh yeah. Um, but, I got a real feeling somebody looked at her and said no. <laughs> oh well, well, Hunter probably look. Well, she's probably. I'm sure she's one of those people. Husband. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, but I'm sure. She's one of those people that Hunter, you know, texted or whatever. It's like, okay, just hang Stay on. Cool. <laughs> hang, yeah. on. H- hang in there, kid. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. When we were talking about that a few months back, when, yeah, Hunter had definitely had a list of folks who got released that he gave them a quiet, hey, don't sign anything long term. Don't do anything stupid. We'll be in. That much is obvious when you look at how he signed her to begin with. Oh, yeah. You know, she went into the second May Young Classic, went out in, like, I think the second round. Yeah. And as she was leaving, he chased her out of the building yeah. and, and said, hey, look, um, why, why don't you come back in and, and come back to work? You know, yeah. it is more or less than, you know, it just that was a really cool, cool freaking moment. Just yeah. to see her break down and have, you know, because if you know her shoot story, her history and everything, what she's been through. For that to, to to be her payoff, at least at the moment, was an incredible kind of <clears throat> exclamation point to everything that that girl had endured over the years. And then for her to get released was just, like I said, I have my feelings about it. Glad to see her back. And uh, so for me, uh fantastic. We, you know, you can go back and listen to the show. I think we were all two thumbs down, so six thumbs down on the release of Mia Yim. So, uh, awesome opportunity for her. And like Rob, like we were just saying with Rob's point, she's not stuck in this with the OC. She's not, you know, married to this at all. You can get her broken out pretty easily um, once this whole thing blows over. So the sky's the limit for her. And she's a, she's a great, even if she never becomes a women's champion or anything like that, which I could see a reality where that happens. She's, an absolutely fantastic depth piece that you do not say no to. And finally, I'm pretty sure the guy who looked at Mia and said, Hey, if you know, Jacksonville calls, just let it, let it go to voicemail. Uh, I'm pretty sure the dude who did that would probably be the, her husband who works there probably yeah. saw how the women get booked and get treated and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Unless you're one of the, the special ones. Then he probably said, "No, you're. This would be worse than your NXT experience. You know, yeah. it'd be like NXT with half the screen time, right? So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on all two thumbs up on the return of Reckoning, aka me. <laughs> God, uh, I... and so she'd like to burn hey, that hey. mask. Hey, 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 hey! Speaking of that, uh, yeah, T Bar is coming back, but he's not T Bar anymore. So oh. that's." Very exciting. We got another one of those promos last night on uh, it looks like Dijak is some sort of evil undercover cop who likes justice. So I'm totally fine with that, considering that's the career he wanted to have before oh, really? he started professional wrestling. Yeah, oh, he, went to, he went to the school, a college 20 minutes down the road from me for criminal justice. He has a bachelor's. How's he going to oh, be wow. undercover as big as he is? 
<laughs> I mean, he ain't exactly going to blend in now, you know? <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're going to like a, um, you know, a, a Russian gang or something like that, yeah, he can fit right in. <laughs> he's going to be like, I don't know, the next Triple X or something. I don't know. After right. Russell hangs it up, that's about where he's going to go undercover because that's about all he's going to do. I got news for you. Police show up and they look like Dijak. I'm not breaking the law. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, feast your eyes on some jail time, buddy. Right. Feast your eyes on taking an ass whooping. Right. That justice. dude looks like he can hurt somebody. Yeah. Oh, he, that dude can. Uh, he, so awesome, awesome, awesome. Hopefully he just keeps the name. Hopefully he's just Donovan or Chris Dijak because he's used both. So um, I, I like Dijak. Dijakovic just did not. Yeah. I said, yeah I that just didn't sell a T-shirt. They, try, they were trying to go out because he is legitimately um, – some sort of Eastern Europe or European. Right. I can't remember what at this point, but uh, he legitimately is like his grandmother. So he's like a quarter. Um, so they were trying to play that up and they were playing off the Ivan Drago thing. I mean, oh, look yeah. at the guy. Yeah. Well, now they have a dragon on. So. Yeah. You're not <laughs> supposed to. We don't, like, don't have to do that. You don't say it's like us, uh, us Americans, like Dijakovic. You say Dijakovic. Dijakovic. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my, my ex-wife was, uh, my ex-wife was uh, Polish. So, so, anyway, Monday Night Raw. Um, so yeah, the whole flow. The, the man, we are all over the road tonight. This is crazy. Like I'm manic here. Just this, this hurricane's got me all jacked up. I've been home all day. I'm off tomorrow too. I'm gonna miss tomorrow. That sucks. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Monday Night Raw. Like I said, was flowing. Was flowing. We introduced Seth. Seth stepped out of the ring. The OC and um, Judgment Day did their thing. You know, the whole thing that we had. This incredible segment with Bianca Belair, Eos, uh, Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss against Damage Control. And we ended up with this really, really cool promo between Eosky and Asuka, and they went full Japanese. Um, absolutely incredible to see that them and the energy and the power that they both put into it. And I think this is a, this is a fanboy's dream match anyway. And as we build towards this, to, to watch them both just get in there and mix it up in Japanese was incredibly cool. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's going first? Oh, Rob. oh okay. Yeah, yeah it was. Because, um, look, I mean, the big concern with EO that some people had is that, look, she does really cool stuff in the ring. And that was kind of it. Um, and these first couple of months, as part of, you know, that's what she's been doing. She's been kind of like the, you know, high flying henchwoman, right? And 
doesn't talk a whole lot. And the problems with that are is that, is that you know, again, coming from NXT, anywhere from two thirds to three quarters of the audience doesn't watch NXT. They don't know who these people are when they get up there. And they didn't do they didn't do a whole lot of explaining for her either. Um, and she didn't talk much in NXT either. But here, she and Oscar, they just got to go off on each other. And look, the language barrier is real. It, it does get in the way, unfortunately. And it, so if one of them is speaking in Japanese to an American woman who doesn't speak Japanese, it doesn't really work. And if either one of them is kind of struggling to speak English against an American woman in a promo thing, it doesn't work that good either. So here they just got to just go and... And, look, they, and for all we know, then somebody actually produced some subtitles to the video so we knew what they were saying eventually. But they could have just been sharing, like, gamer tips or something or whatever. It didn't <laughs> matter, right? But, I mean, and, you know, but, but you know, the energy and the body language and just the, you know, the way they just let it all out. And, you know, I said on Twitter that that, whatever, 30 seconds or a minute, that did more, that's done more for EO on the main roster than anything in the previous three months. Yeah. Because she got to show some personality and some fire, and Oscar's always fun, and you know she's one of those. And you you don't have to know what she's saying, but because just always just the way she moves around and she makes the facial expressions and you know and talking with her hands and all of that stuff, it's always just fun. Even though you have, even if like even if you don't know what she's saying, but it was just fun to see both of them go. And and you could it's one of those times where you could tell. They were just both happy to be in there with each other and just go, and they didn't have to try to do things for us Americans to understand. You know? No, it was like a comment that you made, and you're right. Uh, long, long time ago, when you're watching New Japan and you've got Japanese commentators, it doesn't matter really what they're saying that you can't understand what they're saying. You still get it. Like right. you're, you're watching uh, the match, you're hearing them emote. And the, everything just just this synergetic thing, and the chemistry between Oscar and Io was so good that even if you didn't understand it, you understood it. Right, and that's why I was gonna say, Rob, I kind of do argue with you, and you were like, oh, they could have been, you know, yelling gamer tips at each other or something like that. I'm like, I don't think so, because they even when I watched when I watched the video with the translation, I'm like. Yeah, that's what they said, even though I have no idea what they said. Like, those are the emotions that I'm like, yeah, when when they were just youting, shouting the same word or when Asuka was shouting the same word at, at uh, uh, EO, I was like, she's calling her a dummy. Like, yeah. not a dumb ass, not, not a bonehead, you're a dummy. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> stupid, close enough. Yeah. And and they, they were able to communicate, like TJ was saying, that when you like when you listen to Japanese commentary, you – you get everything based on the emotes and the and the inflections and everything like that. So yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to do that every single week, but hey man, that it worked. So more and more was, daring stuff like that. This is one of those things where again, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put Triple H over where he's throwing some different things at the wall. I don't think Vince would have done that. No. Vince would not have booked that. No. Um, just because, and, and again, him being an, an old, a 70-some-odd-year-old white dude, would probably look, the crowd isn't going to get it. 
the audience isn't going to understand it. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, as we know who they are, we know they're both Japanese. We know at least those of us in the bubble know, and believe, and believe me, that was a for the bubble segment. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely a for the bubble segment. And that's okay to do once in a while. You know, you need to book for that bubble. And, and I think Triple H understands that more than Vince ever did because, you know, Vince was very much, I think Edge said this one time on, on the, when him, when he and Christian were still doing their podcast, he said, Vince lives in the WWE bubble and he doesn't venture very far outside that bubble. So New Japan is foreign to him. Um, all these other offshoots and, and things like that are, while he's aware they're out there, he does not book to appeal to those audiences. He lets those shows book to appeal to their audiences. And I think Hunter is going to, I think you're going to see more of that. And, and, you know, obviously at the event on Saturday, they were, you know, referencing New Japan, referencing Carl Anderson's, uh, I don't even know what championship it is. And, yeah, never open weight championship. Yeah. Okay. So, the, and they were referencing all this. This is stuff Vince never would have done. And whether it works or not isn't the point. He's trying. You know, he's throwing something new out there. He's throwing something fresh. Yes, some of it is meant for a very specific audience, but that's okay to do once in a while because he's not solely concentrating on that, which by contrast, I think is Tony Khan's biggest problem. The majority of his booking is meant to appeal to a bubble. And I think right. that's where I think that's where he's failing. Because well, and, and in this case, this was something, even though it was yeah, it was for the bubble, but their performance you know, still reached out to people who were not in the bubble. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Even the thing with the never open weight challenge, uh, championship, you get the gist, even if you have no idea what New Japan and the never open weight are. Right. Yeah. So then, but now, whereas like last week at Dynamite, you know, Tony bringing out Colt Cabana to wrestle Chris Jericho, and that was a total in the bubble thing. That's a deep bubble booking. Right. Because. You have to be deep in the bubble to know that that's a, that was a fuck you to CM Punk. Yep. But if you if you if you're not deep in the bubble, then you're wondering what the hell is this guy doing here? And there yeah. were people there were people in the building when he came out that were like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> like I mean, there were people who knew what it was, but there were people in the building who was like, okay, why are we bringing this guy out here? You know. I bet there were people who knew who it was, knew what it was, and were like, why are we doing this on Dynamite, man? Oh, that, I, that, that too. Oh, that was me. I tickets to this. Are you freaking that, kidding me? That was me. Rob got the reference, and he was still like, why are we doing this? <laughs> why? why? I'm <laughs> saying you weren't alone, Rob. I'm sure that yeah, was the whole thing. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, so, so I knew what it was, but I was still like, really? <laughs> like, you got, Cole Cabana. Like, you, got <laughs> two hour, you got two hours of live TV, and this is what you do with it? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jericho and Colt Cabana. Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh. But yeah, I'm incredibly excited for yeah, EO Sky and Oscar. I've, I've been saying this for as long as EO Sky has been in NXT. I've been waiting for these two to finally lock horns. And I was super disappointed when the, you know, the 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 Meltzers of the world were saying that, you know, she may very well go back to Japan. And and that's likely that she was. You know, her contract in NXT expired. There wasn't, at the time, it was in that weird transition where Vince was either still there or had just left. There was a lot of uncertainty. So, of course, she's probably weighing her options. So I was like, oh, well, that sucks. We're never going to get her and Asuka. And now here we are, you know, almost six months later, and we've, we're getting Io Sky versus Asuka. Absolute fanboy match for me. 
Yeah, and let me just say, because uh, you know, we talked before about how some people have been saying that the whole feud was kind of missing something. Um, I think this is what they were missing. Yeah. Something like this, because they were, I mean, again, this, this is no knock on any of the women. The women involved have all been doing a good job. There's no knock on any of them. But the way a lot of this stuff was booked, it was like a 2K feud. You know, it was like, match this week, run in this week. Promo segment this week. Match this week. Oh, now it's time for the pay-per-view. And then, okay, after the pay-per-view, match, run in, run in, match. And it just, a lot of it just seemed like they were just kind of almost painting by numbers. Yeah. Um, again, and, and, but this was finally something that was not painted by numbers. It was something different. It was something where you can now look at, something unique that this particular feud is bringing because every feud has matches. Every feud has promos. Every feud has run-ins and backstage fights. Right. Um, but you know, can you, is something, does something happen that kind of differentiates it from other feuds? And this was finally something. Yeah. This whole damage control thing has been interesting because, Every woman in this feud always delivers. Bianca always delivers. Bailey always delivers. Alexa, Asuka, you know, as main event talents have always delivered. And, you know, obviously those of us who watched NXT regularly knew what <clears throat> EO Sky and. Uh, ah, shit. <laughs> I-, I said the name and we have the. Uh, the, the echo dot in the background and it heard the Alexa name. So oh, now okay. it's talking to me. I heard this voice over my head. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but every one of these women, you know, have always delivered, but just something with this feud was kind of misfiring. And you know, Rob, I think you I think you hit the nail on nail on the head there. This may be what it needed. Well also I think one quick crown jewel note. Um I watched enough of the women the women's tag to tell you that the Maybe she professionally wants to get out of here, but Alexa still has her fastball, man. That girl is still very good at professional wrestling when she wants to kick it into gear. We talked about that on Saturday. Rob and I did. Uh, I was told by the interwebs that she can't wrestle, that she can't right. work. And I was I... washed, and she didn't want it anymore, and she was you know, on the way out, and this, that, and the other, and it was showing. And nope. Well... She Miss Bliss put the working boots on on Saturday, Bubba. Yeah, exactly. The the you know the five feet of fury or whatever she was. One of her, I think I have that shirt. Yeah, yeah it's so good for her. But yeah, the whole feud has been has been turned to a whole nother level in the last weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Monday was a turning point for that whole thing, and it gives us some some different stuff to look at, you know, be excited about. And you got here with Bianca still being the champion. Yeah. So yeah. win, win, yeah. win, win. So let's talk for a minute. Uh, speaking of promos, let's talk for a minute about that Bloodline New Day promo. Man, Xavier. I always knew Xavier Woods was a talent. I but usually you get that silly cutting up New Day. Xavier yeah. Woods gave a hell of a work shoot promo on Monday night. Man, that dude has been holding on to that stuff. For seven long years. And the interesting thing about this, and we talked in the Discord chat about it, was you could see both sides of the argument here. 
Like, yep. there's no wrong person here. When you no, listen to what the Usos were saying, when you listen to what Xavier Woods and Kofi were saying, like Xavier's like, look, you know, we didn't have a family name to come into this. We both, and, and speaking from him personally, he had a foot out the door. You know, he didn't know whether he was going to have a job the next day. They And Rob has talked about this on this show well, before. When they put the New Day together, they put it together, you know, basically on faith that they could make it work. With no guarantees, and if it and if it failed, Xavier Woods was out of a job. Yeah, yeah. he said, "Like I, I came to work. Every, you never came to work every single day, wondering if you were going to get fired, like I did." And right. I, I bet they had some times in FCW, but probably that was the last time. Um, so yeah, the, it, it man, he showed a peak of it during Kofi Mania, but this fun this edge to uh to woods is really good it was really good monday night but again you listen to the usos the usos are like look just because we were family and we and i know rob wanted to talk about this a little bit just because we're family doesn't mean we were handed anything more than an opportunity you know we still had to work for it we still had to show that we weren't just roman reigns cousin or the rocks cousin or our dad's kids you know, we, we had to show that we had something more to offer because I got news for you. If you're coming out there and you're just Rikishi's kids, you don't reach the levels that the Usos have reached. You just you don't become main event Jey Uso like that. Also, if you walk in the door and you're Rikishi's kid and you can't friggin wrestle after a couple of months or, you know, you have some difficulties, people are going to look sideways on you. And he said that he's like living up to that family name is an anchor. Yeah. You know. It so is. it's a, it's an uphill battle. It's pressure that you don't know about, Bubba. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. No one was in the wrong there. And, and that's uh, what made the promo so good. Yeah, and uh, piggyback on Woods. Woods got released from TNA beforehand. So you know, it's not just you know being on the bubble in WWE. He got he'd actually gotten fired before. Because I mean, he because uh, when they had uh, they had Devon on the New Day pod one time, and uh, he gotten released from TNA, and Devon told him to, "Well, send your tape to WWE." And of course, because you know Devon is a plugged in a little bit, so obviously, if he tells you to send your tape there, yeah, he, he knows you got a shot, right? right. So also. Somebody might have greased the skids for you there, uh, Mr. Xavier Woods. Maybe you didn't have a family name, but you had a buddy's name. I don't know. I'm just saying, hey, hey, we the ones. Yeah, but uh, so it was just, yeah, um, so he knows. So he he got fired from TNA, and so he's been fired, and so he's and he's been on the bubble, you know, and so that that was real. That was very real. And look, um. At one point, I mean, before New Day got together, Kofi he Kofi wasn't on the bubble, but he wasn't far from it. I mean, because he had kind of you know they'd kind of run their course with pretty much everything they were going to do with him, and um, basically, you know, he wasn't far from the bubble himself at yeah. that point, and so it's a different thing. And then, and like y'all said, with the Usos you know the family thing it's you know it it brings a different you know challenge to it um because yeah okay you 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 get in the door easier sure but people are looking to knock you down people are 
you know, people, people are resentful. Shoot. Um, you know, and people don't like that you're there. People are looking for the least little thing to stick on you. People are looking for you to fail. And again, and, and if you, in, if you decide that you're going to do the legacy act, like when we were talking about that with uh, Ava Rain a few weeks ago, if you decide that you're going to do the legacy act, you better be able to do it just as good. Because if you go out there to do the legacy act and, and it's, you're clearly not as good as the one who came before you, you're going to hear about it. Now, well, I told you guys that when we were talking a couple weeks ago, I wasn't a big fan of the play in the paint Usos. And I hate saying that because it was very much them paying homage to their heritage and everything like that. But at the same time, it was it kind of felt like I'm like, OK, I've seen this. You know, I watched Often Sika do this. I watched the you know, I've seen these guys do this over the years. I wanted something fresh from the Usos. And I go back to what was it? Road Warrior Animal said one time that, you know, they're Samoans. They should be just be Samoan. And I was like, I, I, that's not what I want to see from them. You know, yes, I get that they're Samoan, and yes, I, there's, a, there's a heritage that they should obviously um, be proud of, but I wanted something different than them just coming out and being Samoans. And this, this whole, since they came out with the, you know, the, the, the heel turn and the Uso penitentiary, I have been just completely on board with the Uso since that turn. Yeah, and so I think they've... It's the same thing as, you know, it's one of the most basic wrestling tenets. It's themselves turned up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's absolutely freaking working, obviously. Go ahead, Rob. No, oh, but it's just, it's a different set of, you know, pressure to come in. And and then again, if you decide, if you decide you're going to do the Legacy Act, then you got to be able to, you, you got to be better be able to do it just as good. Mm. And... They, and so they've done that, but that brings a lot of pressure. And again, even if you succeed, there's still people who, who just don't like the fact that you're there. Yeah. Um, and of course, you all know I'm. I, a, I can a, see the smile on his face. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into it. Y'all know. Y'all know with me. If I'm talking about legacy, you know, there's, there's always a hidden meaning to it. And I don't. And I, I don't need to bring it up. All right. But yes. Okay. Yes, that doesn't just apply for Jimmy and Jay. No. Uh, and I'll, and that's all I need to do. Uh, you know, okay. I'll, okay. I'll, add, I'll add one thing. If you're going to be a legacy person, Rob is correct. You better do it damn well. And unfortunately, because of some, some of those people, if you're a woman, you better do it two times as good. Yeah. So that's the unfortunate, you know, truth about the, the bozos in this fandom. So let's finish up our raw talk here because it's going to lead us into our next segment. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, Mr. Austin Theory. Man, the last 10 to 20 minutes of raw was fire. Seth Rollins came back out, issued another U.S. Championship Open Challenge, led into this. It was great because they had first the Titantron was up and you had uh, Ali was up there. Mustafa Ali was up there and he's like, because you know, he's been kind of feuding with Seth and Seth in the periphery here. Next thing you know, Bobby Lashley just comes out and decimates Ali. At one point, Ali tries to jump on him. <laughs> Lashley yeets him off screen. I mean, <laughs> which was incredible. 
Because that so, I mean, y'all seen that gif of when like somebody's getting thrown into the dumpster? Yes. It, it was it was that. It was absolute. It, it took me back to Baron Corbin tossing Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio off the building during the yeah. uh, the money in the uh, yeah the money in the bank match a couple of years ago at Titan Towers. <laughs> just, yeah. It was like that. He just yeets the dude. He cuts a promo. Says basically, I'm going to come out and kick your ass. And then he proceeds to come out and just start beating the holy tar out of um out of Seth Rollins. Absolutely, just and it was vicious, man. Like it was a vicious, vicious beating. And I love vicious Bobby Lashley. So he beats down Seth Rollins, and as he's heading back up, Austin Theory's music hits. Austin Theory comes out, and he's going to cash in on Seth Rollins. So Bobby Lashley comes out, and starts beating that Austin Theory. <laughs> All but commits murder on live television on Austin Theory. Yeah. <laughs> Which was incredible. Long story short, Theory gets in. Him and Seth have somewhat of a match. Seth manages to barely eke out a win. Theory, Theory's cash-in hopes are, are, are finally dashed after a couple different attempts. And that's when the heavy breathing on the timeline started. And that's what we want to get into here tonight. We had a long debate. We had Mr. Ray Cash on here a few weeks back, and him and Rob got into it pretty heavy about Austin Theory. And, you know, Ray Ray had his side. Rob had his side. But I think we're all in agreement here that some of the heavy breathing, and what was it, the, the New York Post? Yeah. The New York, like, how the hell did the New York Post put, put out an article about how Triple H's first big mistake was Austin Theory's failed cash-in? Like, how are we here? Well, look, as far as Public Enemy did a song about the New York Post, I suggest you go listen to it. It, it tells you all you need to know about the New York Post. Okay, <laughs> then I probably should go find that and then listen to it. Yeah. Um, but just so many people out there, Austin Theory's buried and Austin Theory's ruined. And I'm just, we're going to get into that a little bit here. Uh, Jason, I'm going to start with you because you're already shaking your head. That kid is a made man, okay? He is going to be just fine. If if they wanted to bury him, it would have been at the Saudi show, and Roman would have blown him to smithereens, choked him out, bing, bang, boom, we're out of here. And that's it. Failed cash-in. Roman's still the universal champion. Bob's your uncle. See you later. Instead, what we got was, it's pretty, been pretty much established the last couple of weeks that you, the United States Championship is the main championship of Raw. I know they've there have been attempts at this um, a couple of times when you know the Universal Champion was you know missing for three months at a time. They had to come up with a new title, and it was kind of the Intercontinental Title, but it never really felt like it. With Bob and and uh, Seth feuding over this thing, and then um, excuse me, Bob and Seth feuding over this thing, and then the cash in, but then it was not a fit utter. I'm just going to cash in like Baron Corbin, and I'm just going to lose. No, I'm going to get beat up by Bobby Lashley. I'm going to get into a thing with Seth. So now there are stories that are going to spin out of this. And Austin Theory, yes, is going to be very involved in one, if not all, of those stories. So I do not see how people think that this kid was like buried or written off television or anything like that. And a final note. This is the best use of the Money in the Bank briefcase that you possibly could have gotten because Roman Reigns was not losing. 
So it, either it was the, hey, let's bury Austin, and you Austin just dies in his cash-in. Um, it's either that or what we got. Um, so you... If you... Yeah, if you want to bury the, if you want to bury Austin, you totally just do the cash in on Roman. But like I said, there's many stories that can spin out of this that he's part of. So there you go. Okay. Bob, what you got, Bubba? So there, uh, there, there are two there are two different tracks going on here. All right. So one, we always say just watch the show. Mm-hmm. If you were just watching the show, what did you see? You saw him come out there with the briefcase. You saw him cash it in. You saw him and Seth had uh, a match for a few minutes. Seth was already beaten down by Bobby. But you saw Austin Theory had Seth Rollins beaten. Okay. He hit his finisher. He covered him. He was going to get the three count, and then Bobby broke it up. And then Bobby beat the crap out of him. And then... The only reason he lost was because he, he had to get back in the ring to beat the count, and when he got back in the ring, he, he was lined up for the curb stomp. So that's the only he only looked the only reason he lost was because Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of him. If they wanted to bury him, he would have cashed in the briefcase. Seth would have woken up from the beating Bobby had just given him, and Seth would have just beat him straight up. Okay. Yeah, they okay, but that did not happen. All right, or he would have cashed in the briefcase, and Seth would have woken up and like, and then immediately just gave him the pedigree or something and pinned him one, two, three. Okay, that didn't oh. happen. Okay. By the way, I know it's as much on the seller as much as it is the giver, but and Seth is fantastic, but that was a beautiful pedigree by Austin Theory. Yeah, and so. If if they wanted to bury him, they just had him lose straight up. With, with they would have had him cash in a briefcase and just lose straight up anyway. Okay, if they were if they were trying to embarrass him and humiliate him, but that didn't happen. It it took Bobby Lashley beating the shit out of him for him to lose the match. Okay, so no, that was not a burial, not at all. Okay, and now the next part of this is you know the uh, narratives. <laughs> okay. Um, because people were taking this because people, you know, because there have been people who have been saying for weeks, you know, Triple H doesn't like Austin Theory. Austin Theory was Vince's boy. You know, now that Vince is gone, Triple H is going to take it. Triple H is going to, you know, put him where he belongs. Um, One time that I would say that our favorite saying, just watch the show, is to your detriment, if you believe that. Well, because, yes, he lost a bunch of matches, yes. Okay. But I'm going somewhere with this. No. All right. Okay. No, the fact that he's somehow Vince's boy and not Triple H's. Like, that could not be any further from the truth. Well, that's, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Cause, okay. okay. But because, you know, and, here, here, and here, I'm, here comes the shovel. Okay. It's not for any wrestler this week. It's for you people. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Buried Alive segment of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Okay. With Rob Bonnet and his golden shovel. You people. Triple H doesn't like Austin Theory. You mean the guy that he booked an Evolve show on the WWE Network to showcase? Triple H doesn't like that guy? They they never ran an Evolve show on the network before. 
and they never ran a live one ever after that. They have some, you know, taped ones on the network now or on Peacock now, but that was the first and only time they ever ran a live Evolve show. And one of the main reasons that they ran that show was to showcase Austin Theory. So you really think Triple H doesn't like that guy? Also, on a more, you know, not quite so positive note, we know Austin Theory had some speaking out allegations. Well, who was out there taking all the bullets for him with the media? It was not Vince McMahon. No. That was who well, it was. It was Hunter Hearst Helmsley was out there taking all the questions from the wrestling media and was given all the kind of bullshit corporate answers that nobody really wanted to hear. And Hunter actually took some flack for that from people. And so he was out. So Hunter was acting as a shield for that guy. Okay. You think Hunter Hearst Helmsley doesn't like Austin? Th- really? Are you serious? Okay. You think he would have done that for him if he had no use for the guy and then brought him back to NXT and basically rehabbed him down there with, you know, with Gargano and all of them before sending him back up. You think they would have done that? You think Hunter would have done You think he needed to do that for somebody he didn't want? You know, what's hilarious about this Austin theory was a Vince guy narrative is that these people don't believe anything that they watch on the show, but that's the one thing that they believe is that because on screen he was a Vince McMahon protege, all of a sudden he must be a Vince McMahon guy. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the thing you guys hold on to to believe. All the rest of the shit, you don't want to watch the show. You don't want to watch it like a kid and a nana. But this, this is the thing you believe. Right, this is the thing Oh, that must be real. I mean, and I mean, and oh, well, Vince shoved him down our throats. That was the gimmick, you morons. <laughs> That's what the whole gimmick was behind him and Vince. That Vince was shoving him down everybody's throat. That was the gimmick. That was the story. It's real to me, damn it. You work the shoot long enough, you work yourself into I, a shoot. Y- yeah. yeah. And, and literally so, what happened to and, these people. That, that's it, absolutely what happened to these folks. And you know, people, capital yeah. Y, capital P, worked yourselves into a shoot, brothers. And and you know, and now and then there's the elephant in the room with the speaking out stuff. Okay. There are people on our Twitter timelines who want Austin Theory to be fired because of those allegations. And they have wanted him to be fired ever since those allegations came out. And they're mad that he didn't get fired, and they've been projecting failure onto him with the hopes that if he fails, he'll get fired. And I hate to tell y'all this, but unless I'm wrong with something, he was not arrested. He was not charged with anything. He was not, I don't even know if he was questioned by the police on anything. And, and okay. And now I'm not saying that he's innocent by the way, because I know some people would make the leap and say, well, some people have made the leap and said he was proven innocent. No. Okay. But you are not, you are not going to have, they're not going to be firing people who weren't even so much as questioned by the police. Right. They're not going to fire. They're not going to fire somebody because somebody made an allegation on the notes app and put it on Twitter. Okay. It's not going to happen. 
Okay, even if everything that was alleged was 100% true, if it never got any further than that, they are not going to fire the man. And quite okay. frankly, you shouldn't want them to do that because one day somebody might make a notes app allegation against one of your favorites. And would you want them would you want them fired over that? Yeah. That's oh. gross, but it is. I mean I mean, it is. I mean this is not, it's not an else, admission, not I mean, an admission of innocence, but no. and, and I'm and, sorry, that's no way to live and no way to watch a television show. It's just like, dude, the guy who's on I'm sorry. The guy who's clearly not going anywhere, like you can't work yourself into an apoplectic shock every time the guy crosses your television. That's that's not good for your heart, man. You can change the channel. Yeah. You can get up, go to the bathroom. You can go grab a snack. You can go let the dog out. You don't have to watch Austin Theory. Like there's nothing. Football is on for a couple more weeks, and then I promise there will be a basketball game or a college basketball game. So you guys are just fine. It's okay. And and again, we're not we're not we don't know if the guy's innocent or guilty or right. whatever. We, this we have is no- we've we've grown we've gone past this part. No matter what our personal beliefs about the guy is, we've gone past the part of okay, we're he's not going anywhere. Right. And I would also add, if there was any real substance to anything, and again, not saying guilty, innocent, whatever. If there was any real substance anywhere that authoritative people could get a hold of and there was some meat to this bone in the post Vince McMahon world don't you think they jettison that guy as swiftly as humanly possible well speaking of jettison let's let's do a side-by-side comparison with Mr. Patrick Clark Mr. Patrick Clark had allegations allegations that his defenders claim never bore fruit never bore fruit okay Uh So we're lining these two guys up side by side, similar situations. This one had speaking out allegations. This one had some type of allegations against them, not totally dissimilar in nature. And Patrick Clark, gone. And now, it they, took him a while. And there, and there were other reasons for that, though. And there you? were other reasons. But again, there had to be, if they were letting, and Patrick Clark was a signed Velveteen Dream, was wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow, the next big mm-hmm. thing. Money. Yeah. They let the next big thing go. Okay. They're not letting go of Austin Theory because there's just not enough. That and then comparing the two of them, if you're wondering well, why is Theory still there and why is Patrick Clark not there? Well, Patrick Clark basically he was a bad employee in addition to the allegations. There's that. He didn't exactly ingratiate himself to anyone. Um, it, by the time he was gone, everybody there openly, his coworkers openly just had no use for him. It was an open secret down there. We, we didn't find out till later. It was an open secret that, that he was, you know, coked up a lot and was doing all types of crazy shit. And, you know, we didn't find that out until later. But it was, right. an op- it was an open secret down there around those circles that, that right. that's what he was doing. And whereas there has not been one negative story backstage about Austin Theory. Okay. And that's my point. Yeah, there's been n- nothing about him being unprofessional. There's been nothing about him having any heat with anybody. And um, don't you the the normal folks, the normal like, crocodiles in the water, Sean, Sean and Meltzer and whatnot, aren't they salivating at any opportunity and any rumor they could hear that this kid's being an asshole backstage? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. you've heard so, nothing beyond those nothing. initial allegations. 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so, no, you are not going to fire somebody off of one allegation that did not progress any further than a notes app written allegation on Twitter. I'm sorry. You are not people. You are not going to fire somebody for that. Okay. It's not going to happen if that, okay. That is the one and only thing. Yeah. You, yeah, maybe, yes, you keep an eye on them. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you, you make it clear that look, dude, um, whatever the hell you were doing there, you better not just don't do that shit again. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Yes. But no, they're not going to fire people. And again, you should not want that to be the policy to just fire people like that. Because again, once that becomes precedent, that can go in all types of directions that, that you're not thinking about. And so, but, and, but here's the thing, here's the thing. If enough people who knew, if, if, if everyone who knows about that, if they were, if, if we all stopped watching the show and we made it and we communicated that, Hey, we're not going to watch your show as long as you have that guy on your show. Then you know what? They would get rid of Austin Theory. Yeah. But you know what? But you know what? Y'all aren't doing that. Right. Y'all are what? When he comes out there, you watch him on the show, you tweet about it, you get mad, and you fire off a bunch of tweets all while you're watching him on the show. So what are we doing here? Heavy breathing and performance breathing. Do, do you really want the man gone or not? Because there are actions you could take that if enough people took them with you, whether he's guilty or innocent or somewhere in between, if you're cost, if he's costing them money, he's out of there. Yeah. But you're not taking any action that might actually do that. You're just complaining. And and so this thing with the briefcase is this confirmation bias because this is confirmation for you that, oh, they're going to get him out of here. Look what they did with the briefcase. And no, just no. They did what they had to with the briefcase. As we've mentioned before, Austin Theory was not successfully cashing in on Roman Reigns. No, there nobody was. No other championships for him to to cash in. A lot of people were complaining because, you know, the, historically the money in the bank briefcase has been a, a guaranteed shot at the world heavyweight champion or the universal champion. And again, Triple H throwing things at the wall. How do we get out of a situation that I inherited? He inherited this from Vince McMahon. And this was a problem that we knew we were going to run into when we unified the world heavyweight and the universal champions or championships. When Roman, go ahead, Jason. I know you got a thought. And if, again, going back to he's not Triple H's guy, if he was, as soon as Triple H inherited that situation, he would have cashed in on Roman Reigns night one and been right. like, all right. We don't have the briefcase anymore. All done. But And I think I talked about this when we had Ray on here. Given the fact that whoever wins that briefcase is not successfully cashing in, period. You know, Cody wasn't available. Cody wasn't winning the money in the bank anyway. And Cody, I think, tops a very, very, very short list of people that we think is actually going to definitively dethrone Roman Reigns. Um, so who do you give it to? You give it to the one guy who can unsuccessfully cash in and still recover from it. The 25-year-old kid who, for all intents and purposes, is still in his rookie years. You know, a guy who can 
a guy who could spend another year getting his ass whipped and still recover from it. Austin Theory's got 20 more years with this company. You know, most of you, some of you people won't even be watching anymore when Austin Theory's biggest run comes to, you know, happens. So, you know, we're sitting there, we're doing this little dance, but you, you look at it, tri- Triple H, and I think Greg DeMarco said this, Triple H inherited this. So what am I going to do with this? How do we get out of this? We're not going to have him try and cash in on Roman Reigns. And I, not personally, I thought the two times he tried to cash in and he got his, you know, his clock clean was hilarious. And if they had done several more months of that, I would have thought it would have been great TV. But admittedly, that's just my personal preference. I think that would have ran rather long in the tooth rather quickly. Yeah. Um, so there was there was no real longevity there, even though I would have popped for it. So <laughs> what do we do? How do we get this thing off of this guy? How do we get past the money in the bank elephant in the room? Let's put it on. Let, let's have him go out there and try and cash in on our probably at least on Raw, our most important men's title. And that is the U.S. championship. One could argue that he he teased going down and, and cashing in on Braun Breaker. But again, we're in a situation where is he going to cash in, beat Braun Breaker for a month and then lose again? Right. We've I already mean, done that. Is, huh? We've already done that with Braun. We did that. We did that with Dolph, Dolph Ziggler three months ago. So we're not going to do that again because then that gets repetitive. So what do you do? You throw something fresh at the wall. You have him cash in on the U.S. champion. We got an incredible segment with Bobby Lashley, made Bobby Lashley look like an absolute beast and a legitimate threat to anyone on the roster. And like Rob said at the start of this whole segment, it's not like Austin Theory walked out and got pinned. Austin Theory had Seth Rollins on the ropes. Bobby Lashley came out and tried to shoot murder him, and then he lost. So at what point do any of you who claim to know what you're watching think that Austin Theory is absolutely ruined from this segment. And I have yet to see one solid argument from anybody other than, well, because he's buried. And the, and that's for people who want him buried. You, yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. It's like it, people who want him buried, where it's like, <clears throat> guys, I get it, but I want to live in reality and not make myself miserable every week. Yep. Kids and nanas, pal. Yeah, Kids and, um, and nanas. Yeah, and, that, and that's, you know, and look, I've been, you know, uh, yeah, I had a lot. I know I said a lot there, um, but it, you know, it's to me because look, I've just gotten. I, I, I've I've been irritated by all of this because look, I'm and look, I'm not Mister, I'm not a Austin Theory fan or whatever. I recognize I recognize the talent that the guy has, and the ability that the guy has, um, and. And I just look a lot of these folks. Y'all have been out here lying for like the last year, saying that the guy's a no talent and that he stinks and all of this stuff. And it's like That's okay, just performance breathing, man. And There's look, no look, okay, way again, you can look at that guy and tell me he's not a hell of a pro wrestler. Pro wrestler. And okay, again, okay, it's you want him gone if you, if, yes, wanting him gone because of the allegations. Look, that is a that is an acceptable viewpoint to have, okay? But you know, to say that he stinks it is not because he doesn't. I'm sorry, okay? If for some reason I'm some authority figure, let's say Triple H perusing the timeline, I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't like Austin Theory. Why? Oh, Austin Theory sucks as a is a bad professional wrestler. Where he sucks in the ropes. Okay, so this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. All right, and next. Like, no one's going to even take you seriously at that point because you're being purposely j- disingenuous. Right. Right. And, um, exactly. 
It just, I mean, and that's that, a lot of that's been going on for the past year. Um, and again, again, I, again, I'm I'm not some big Austin Theory enthusiast or whatever, um, but just be honest. That's all I ever ask of people. Be honest, okay? Don't don't say the guy stinks if he doesn't if he doesn't stink. Okay, the guy a few weeks ago, he and Seth had a great match together, and he did not get carried. Okay, um, he he's not getting carried in these matches he's having with people. All right, and just be honest and just say you don't want him there because because you know what because you think he's a creep. Yeah, and, and honestly, be, and, that's fine. It's but again, if nothing's happened to the dude at this point, and I love I love. You know, some people pointed out, well, it eventually happened to Vince. Vince didn't didn't get nailed for being a perv. Vince got nailed for being a perv with company money. Yeah, right. that's Vince McMahon was not removed for any of his affairs or you know misdeeds or anything like that. He was removed for using company money to pay for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, unfortunately, it's just. It's gross. If you want to be, if you want, like Rob says, go about it the right way. Like, yeah, loud. Hey, this guy's an abuser. Hey, or whatever, whatever. I don't want to put words in. Say what you got to say, but don't be, don't be disin, purposely disingenuous because then folks are just not going to take you your very serious message seriously. Right. So let's move on from that and move on to something. We don't talk a whole lot of NWA on this show. As a matter of fact, I think we've probably only mentioned it in passing a few times, but we would be remiss if we didn't, if we didn't at least have a little bit of a discussion about big news coming out of the NWA camp this week. Uh, long-term talent, Nick Aldis, done with the company. Done with the company. And And Rob, do you know anything more on why this has? Because this guy has been like the cornerstone of the NWA rebrand for at least the last five years. Oh, uh, well, actually he, he tweeted something either today or yesterday because there's been a little noise because, uh, Billy Corrigan, the owner of the NWA. All right. So last year they did an all women's pay-per-view NWA in power. And he was being, I think he was being asked about doing another one. And he gave kind of a two part answer. One is kind of an unfortunate truth, and the other one was just flat-out stupidity. Um, so the first part, he said that he lost money on the show, which, and I looked it up, according to Wiki, they did 3,500 buys, which is nothing. Um, yeah. So I, I absolutely believe, when he says he lost money on the show, I do not think he's lying. I think he is telling the truth. Um, and so that would basically... That would basically that that's basically saying that no we can't do another one okay, um, but then he went on to say that you know um, basically there aren't enough you know top level women available now for me to do that kind of show and he and he and Tony Khan had some type of falling out because well remember Tony tried to take credit for everything last year. Well, and didn't Tony poach Thunder Rosa and a couple other people? From NWA, yes. So he and Tony had, you know, they had some issues over some things. So basically, it sounds like Tony wouldn't send anybody to do another show if he wanted to do it. So that's not going to happen. So he basically said, I don't have enough good women wrestlers. But then he also said that um, 
you know, uh, women who can wrestle in the, the NWA style. And he got, of course, he he got <laughs> crushed for set for that because, <laughs> the, you know, because this is the same guy who had Tyrus and Trevor Murdoch made him in a pay-per-view they charge people money for. And by the way, by the what, way, what that was this year. And by the way, okay, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about legacy kids earlier. Trevor Murdoch is not Dick Murdoch's son. Okay. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch looks like Dick Murdoch. So he's decided to start calling himself Trevor Murdoch. Okay. Like imagine if Cody wasn't Dusty's kid. But he just, well, I look kind of look like Dusty, so I'll just be Cody Rhodes. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, imagine that. Okay, that, that's what it is. Okay, <laughs> but and so he got buried for that, and then and then Nick Aldis later on tweeted like, if y'all are wondering why I gave my notice, this is one of the reasons why. Yeah. And and he he didn't go much. He didn't elaborate. So either he had the issue with some of the women's booking stuff also. Um, which is possible because um, you know he Nick is married to Mickey James. Um, well, so Mickey helped uh, produce that, didn't she? Yes. So, um, and apparently, you know, I guess she and Billy Corrigan had some disagreements over some stuff, also. And then also the fact that um, the little bit I watched from NWA, uh, Nick Aldis had like a little faction, and uh, one of like the woman in the faction is the NWA Women's Champion, and she's actually a good wrestler. Her name's Camille. So he's working with somebody who is a good wrestler right there. And you're telling him that there aren't enough good women wrestlers to do a show. Right. I mean, a ton of really good female talent on the indies. Right. Um, yeah. Just saying that. Yeah. There, yes, there are. Yes, exactly. There, there are plenty of, there are some excellent women wrestlers on the indies who you do not have to go to Tony Khan or triple H or anybody else to get booked for your show. Billy, you gotta pay them, Bubba. But just up until last week, you had Tennille Dashwood out on the indies. Well, why why go to the effort? I, well, I want the talent, but I don't want to pay him is what this sounds like to me. The answer that, to that question is what I'm hearing. Well, there was his, plenty of talent. WWE just released a ton of women in the last 18 months. Okay. The, the problem isn't the maybe Corgan's pockets or anything like that. It's the cash flow, dude. 3,500 buys for an all-women pay-per-view? That's on you people. So, yeah. no, that, like, no, and you know what? That's This is a business, and we're in the business of making money. And if you're, for, like, again, we always, we collectively on this show put over the Evolution pay-per-view. I loved it. I've watched it more than once. I would love to see another one. However, there may be some unfortunate facts that this the first women's all WWE all women's pay-per-view may not have made as much money as they hoped it would and didn't make enough to justify having a second one. And that was with virtually every big name they had. Yeah, they could not have stacked that card any more right. full than they did. And so with that, um, that being said, though, Billy, don't. OK, well, he messed up. He messed up by, by basically saying the women weren't good. Had the women who were available aren't good enough. That's where he messed up. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want, I mean, you can stick to the facts. The facts is that the first one you did didn't didn't get a lot of buys. People didn't support it, and you could very simply just say that, look, okay, yeah, we'd like to do another one, but yeah, y'all got to support this stuff. 
Yeah, yeah lay it back on the yeah. fans. Lay it back on them. You guys didn't order it. This is we did this yep. when it came to evolution. We talked about the evolution pay-per-view, and I think my exact words were you guys let them down. You people want women's wrestling, you want change, you want this women's revolution, but then when they give it to you, you don't watch it. Right. And I guess with evolution, I mean, they eventually did sell out the building. So my guess would be if they're talking about metrics, it just it probably didn't get that many views on the network. Yeah. Other shows. Somebody was trying to argue with me, and I know we're kind of straying off the NWA topic here, but somebody tried to argue with me that WWE intentionally booked that show at like some out of the way arena that took people forever to get to. So they weren't so inclined. I don't remember where the venue was. It was the Nassau Coliseum in uh, Long Island. So no, no, it's not Madison Square Garden. It's not that convenient. But it's it's historic. It's it's not out of the way. Nassau Coliseum's not a no. not a uh, like you said. It's it's a well known venue. They run. I mean, they run shows there all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not, it's not a podunk menu venue by any means. No, but it's just um, you know there's 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 an, I mean there's a kind of sobering conversation to be had about just how much support there is for women's wrestling outside of like the wrestling Twitter bubble. Right. Um, and you have, to, and if you're, if you're running the wrestling company, you have to book your show accordingly, ultimately. Um, but what you do not do is you do not trash the women wrestlers like Billy Corrigan did. Right. Uh, you don't do that. I don't and even think Tony Khan's been that blatant. Has he? Um, well, well, I mean, he's no, been he, problematic, but well, he, he said, um, well, swole. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. The infamous swole wasn't a very good wrestler. That's why I let her go. Um, um, um so he, he, and so you can't do that. Um, and one thing, you know, if there's one thing Hunter does better than these other people is Hunter has never trashed women's wrestlers or women's wrestling. Tony's done that. Billy's doing it here. Um, you know, and it's just, um, not good. And now, and look, and Nick Aldis is not the most super exciting pro wrestler, but if I had to have given the choice between people to represent my company and to be my world champion, if my choices are between Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch, I'm going with Nick Aldis every yeah. time. Well, but if nothing else, he looks like a million bucks compared to those two guys. Right. And he, 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 I mean, he talks well enough. He's yeah. a very, he's a very good wrestler. Um, and so you know the, the <laughs> I mean, what yeah, the, what gets me is that the how spectacularly the NWA has just fallen apart. Like those early days of the Power show oh, yeah. on the YouTube channel was incredible, and you know, that was where I was first introduced introduced yeah. to Nick Aldis and. You know, I loved the throwback look. It, it took me right back to 6.05 on Saturday nights. Yes. Uh, loved every minute of it. We don't need to discuss the Cornette incident. Right. Um, it was, from a nostalgia standpoint, it was cool to see him. And then what happened, happened. They moved on, rightfully so. They made all the right moves there. And then it just seemed like, obviously, the pandemic happened. And the pandemic pretty much all but put them out of business. They never recovered. Right. Like, no. that company just never came back after the pandemic. And now, I mean, you've got a, a guy who was seemingly a guy they were building that brand on is gone. And that, and also, they, they 
um, they at one point had Ricky Starks there. Ricky Starks when he when he gets when he gets a chance to be on TV in AEW, he kills it every time. Yeah, well, and that's a guy. I think NWA was only ever going to be a way like a like a waypoint for Ricky Starks. That guy was destined for bigger and better things anyway. Yeah, um, they but, were never going to hold on to him long term. Uh, true, but uh, now, but um, it's it's. Yeah, they they took they got hit pretty hard and they never really recovered. And but now, Billy to be out here. I mean, look, there, you can. There's some guys you could get that nobody's heard of that would probably be a better option to main event a pay per view than Tyrus and Trevor Murdoch. I never thought Trevor was a bad worker in WWE. Tyrus was terrible. Yeah, like Brodus Clay was just awful, awful man. It just I, I I didn't dig the gimmick anyway, but he was he didn't help. <laughs> yeah, he 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 stunk. He 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 was terrible. He was God, they only terrible. ended up being the star out of that. Right. I mean, that's funny because yeah, what what <laughs> nobody watching them for Tyrus? Okay, <laughs> at all? No, we were watching Cameron and Naomi. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I was watching Cameron and Naomi. Uh, yeah, and I, everybody was okay. <laughs> Okay, and um, yeah, Tyra, he was he uh, Brodus play was just just terrible, and um, you know, it, yeah, he he stunk, and you know, and you know, and and yeah, so Billy, Billy, don't don't trash your women wrestlers. Okay, you can you can be honest about the economics of running that show without throwing women wrestlers under the bus. Yeah. But, no man, you got a clear runway. Throw the throw the fans under the bus. You know, I I honestly don't even remember the card, but just lay out the card and be like, hey, we had so and so, so and so, and so and so, and so and so. Well, Rob, did you watch it, didn't you? Did yeah, you I ordered it. Yeah, and it, and it was it was a fine show, and for whatever I paid for it, it it was no, it was not like the greatest show ever, but it was fine for the price I paid for it. Whoever it was, it wasn't that much. And I'll say this, if, if, if you're one of these people who is out here like every day banging the drum about how awesome women's wrestling is and how we need to support women's wrestling all the time, then you should have ordered that show. Okay, it was good enough for you to support. There was someone on that show that you could talk yourself into liking at least. Um, yes, I'm sure. Yeah, and there were, and I don't like I, said, I don't remember everybody who was on there, but there, there were people. There were at least a few people on there. If you follow indie wrestling at all, you would know who they were. Um, and since I don't really follow a lot of indie wrestling, I didn't know who they were. But still, it was a good enough show. If it for you to pay, whether it was twenty dollars or thirty dollars, it was something like that. If, if again, if you are out here every day banging the drum for women's wrestling. You should have bought that show. Apparently, there's only 3,500 of you. And you know, and this is another thing where I'm going to you know bring out the shovel for some of you people, okay? Because a lot of you people who go on Twitter every day and bang the drum mm-hmm. about women's wrestling, some of you have even have whole accounts. We love women's wrestling. I love women's wrestling. Women's wrestling is the greatest. Okay, well, wh- wh- where were you? Yeah. But actually, you know what it is? You know what it is? 
because a lot of y'all y'all don't really love women's wrestling y'all love certain women wrestlers mm, there it is and if it's not one of them you know in the show if it's not one of them going over then no you don't really love it that much mm. well another another angle to look at that what was it on fight Yes, and as, yes, it was, on, it was Fight TV is one of the easiest things to watch indie wrestling or you know non WWE wrestling or whatever. Fight TV is an absolutely outstanding application to use to watch any of that stuff. If there's a if there's a show on Fight TV, it is. I've never had an issue with it because I know some people have problems with that Bleacher Report thing that AEW uses. I've never had Fight has never given me any problems. Honor Club. Did if you bring a, a bring device, around. yeah, go ahead, Rob. If you have a device with an internet connection and can handle embedded video, which basically means any electronic device we have now, it can handle fight. And yeah. if if you got a smart TV, there there's a fight TV app. If you got Roku or whatever, fight TV is right there. Okay, and you can watch it on your television. So yeah, fight TV watch is my local indie promotion on uh, on fight TV. Yes, so it it's very easy to get it's very easy to use it it never has any problems and so there was no excuse not to do it if you were if you were the least bit interested there was no excuse not to do it and and that's all Billy look all Billy had to say was that y'all yeah we we put on a good show we enjoyed doing it we'd like to do it again but you know, we need y'all got to support this. And if he had left it there, it'd have been fine. But you know, he went too far. But nope, had to keep talking. Yep. yep. And <laughs> but but um, just again, you know, to, to quote a great man who helped raise me, y'all are full of shit. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, when it comes to some, you know, some of y'all fans out there, um. And and look and and some of y'all you know dragged Billy Corrigan, which he deserved to get dragged, but some of y'all dragged him, but y'all didn't order the show either. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know. All okay. Right. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he turns this around because I thought, like I said, as a as a niche alternative, I was digging the NWA Power stuff. I, again, it just took me back to just in, in production, took me back to a time where. You know, I wasn't jaded by, you know, one, being an ex-worker, two, the internet, and three, what I thought I knew. It was just fun to step back in time a little bit with the NWA stuff that they were doing. So maybe he pulls the nose up on it, or maybe at some point he just sells it to Hunter and we get it on, uh, we, we get it on the Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, I know you, before we go home here, I know there was some last minute stuff you wanted to to get in here and talk about all right so two things remind me one was electra lopez uh oh, yeah did your tweet jason had a viral tweet uh last night well, yeah i had so electra lopez came out and i believe is this her first full entrance My she, by herself yes she back, yeah she came back last week but she ambushed what's her name and she was in the all black and stuff so this was her first entrance coming back first Thing in a, at least in a while. I don't know if she had some early, early solo stuff. 
where she was with Legato right from the rip. But anyway, she's coming out. She's doing her entrance. And she's in her the beautiful trench coat that she always wears. She's in this beautiful trench coat, walking down, looking like a you know a private investigator, or like a mafia baroness or something like that, like she did in Legato. And she gets to the center of the ring. She kind of squares her shoulders. The camera's right on her on that you know center center of the ring entrance cam. The hard cam. So the, the hard cam. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, but it's the one that's slightly above and zoomed in. But anyway, oh, okay, now one hard cam then. So she reaches for her lapels. She grabs her lapels, starts to tug, and the NXT logo f- comes into view, and we go into a replay of her re-debut last week. Okay. And I, <laughs> I want whoever is directing this episode in prison. That tweet <laughs> now has... A 92 retweets and 1,400 likes. Which <laughs> but, and yes, we're doing the obvious thing. Like, there's two sides of this. There's one side that's actually kind of serious. And there's one side that's kind of joking. Obviously, she's a beautiful woman. She's about to rip her clothes off. Ha ha. You know, we want to see that. And they However, go to the cutscene. <laughs> exactly. They go right to the cutscene. So, you know, like in a cheap PG-13 movie or something. Fine, funny. But on a more serious note, this is the girl's first entrance by herself. She's rocking, she's about to be rocking solo gear, which I don't think we ever saw her in. And she's doing the whole entrance. She gets to the center of the ring where, you know, Roman gets on the turnbuckle, puts his hands up, and or Seth comes in and does his thing. The final part of your entrance. And you cut to convert like a replay? Right in the middle of that person's entrance? Very, very poor form. I did not appreciate that at all. And uh, uh, reminder, what was the other thing I was going to shoot on? Oh, uh, no, I had a... um, I see Gotham Knights, the video game, getting a lot of slander right now. Um, And I would just tell you that it is a perfect love letter to people. If you enjoy the Bat Family, you will not want to stop playing this game. If you just like a good action game, I probably leave it alone. So okay, so, all right, so uh, for me, I'm okay. I'm not big on these kind of games because they're always too complicated for me. Um, is this simple enough to play? Yes, you will totally. I'm, and honestly, okay. if, if you put it on very easy, it puts it in kids mode and like basically kids mode. So you, it's very hard to die. Okay, so that, uh, right, so. I was thinking about getting it, and then actually hearing. You should. Okay. I've been Here. saying for a couple, like every like third day, I'm like, Rob, you really should play this game because I know how much of a Bat Family nerd you are. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 very very good. So, I beat I beat it a couple days ago, and I'm in the middle of a new game plus. So, it's yeah. excellent. I'm a horrible gamer, so putting it on like the easiest child's mode still does nothing for me. Trying to remember what the hell game I'm playing right now, and I put it on the easiest setting, and I'm still stuck. Like, I'm stuck in this shootout that I can't get out of, and I it's part of the story, so I no. can't just, like, skip over it and wander on to the next part of the game. I've got to figure out how the hell to get through it, and I'm so pissed off I haven't even gone back to it. <laughs> it's, it's not Cyberpunk, because I'm stuck on Cyberpunk 2077, too. 
I'm uh, like stuck I, on these two games that I bought. I got all excited to get them. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna play these games. It's gonna be great. And Cyberpunk again, like that one for for all the flack that Gotham Knights is getting, Cyberpunk got even more because it was almost a failure to launch. I love this game. It's aesthetically beautiful. It's I I can't oh, complain. And in in the classic new release game fashion, trust me, the, the game was kind of buggy and glitchy in first, so I totally understand why early preview people gave it mediocre scores. Yeah. Of course, in the gaming world we live in now, I, if I pull up and pull it up now, I'm on Gotham Knights version 1.5, and it there is a definite difference with just how smoothly it plays and how everything goes together. And so we should, live updates make a huge difference. That's modern gaming. I, I always, yeah. always, always go back to just an absolute gem of a game no Man's Sky. No Man's right. Sky, when it came out in 2016, uh, if you don't know anything about it, it basically, you had an entire universe of planets that you could play. And it was a you know, sci-fi base building, survival type game. And almost like Minecraft on steroids is the best way I can describe it. You had to mine things, you had to craft things, things like that. And to be fair, for the first two years, it felt like the beta test of what could have been a really good game. They have updated that game at least a dozen times since 2016, and I paid 50 bucks for it, and I've gotten my money's worth three times over, just in the updates. Absolutely incredible game, a lot of fun. It's by speed game. I like something where I can take my time, and I can just put it down and walk away from it and come back three weeks later and pick right back up where I left off. It's the type of game I enjoy. There you go. Yeah, Cyberpunk was was a lot of fun, and that was that my Gotham Knights experience on steroids. Like now it plays like a triple A quality game that's just should could stand the test of time. When that thing came out, it was a buggy mess. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. Well let's let's call the go home there, boys. Let's let's call it a night and get out of here early for a change. All righty. Good. All right, everybody, I'm going to go back around the room here from the Rob the Genius podcast. Mr. Rob, thank you, sir. Oh, and thank you. And so you people were spared my wrath about Roman Reigns this week. I had some. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had some stuff served up for you. Um, I can I can go five. You want to do five, five, ten minutes? Uh, well, what do you what do you say, Captain? You know what? We'll, we'll, you know what? Let, let's let's go over. Let's run over here a little bit. All right. All right, we're going over time. So, Rob, uh, what's the topic du jour of Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, whom we all on this podcast acknowledge? Who's going to beat him? When are they oh, going to have yeah. him? That old thing. Why is this a thing suddenly again? Because of Austin, like, the losing the money in the bank? I've noticed that too, though. Like, it's tub- suddenly topic again. And Because this, this is, it's become, I, but I got some bad news for y'all, okay? He's not going to lose just for the sake of losing. Okay. And he's not going to lose so somebody else can get a turn. Okay. Nope. That's not going to happen. We're not doing that anymore. Okay. That ended in 2020. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'm sorry that's over because he basically started running laps around everybody from a business standpoint on that roster. In every way imaginable, right? He, now he'd always been selling more T-shirts than everybody, but now, I mean, 
you know, it's it's expanded above and beyond that. He is so far out ahead of everyone on, else on that roster. Um, and so whoever beats him, you have to factor that into the equation now. Okay, so no, we're not – because there was a time where they were taking turns, right? They had Kevin Owens, and then, you know, he lost to Goldberg, Goldberg lost to Brock, and then, you know, on the other side you had Randy, you had Jinder, you had AJ, you had Daniel Bryan, you had Kofi, right? I mean – you know, and that that was a thing before. We're not doing that now, okay? And to, to, look, this is what I believe. I think the main reason we have a uni- one of the main reasons we have a unified title now is that one guy jumped out ahead of everybody. So what's the point in having two? That's fair. It would, um, go back to, it would feel like going back to some of the days of you know, when they had the WWE championship and the big gold belt. And but the different you know, where the, it felt like the big gold belt was miles behind in importance. But even then the back then you had John Cena, but you also had Triple H. You also had right. The Undertaker. You also had, you know, Randy yeah, Orton. Randy Orton. Edge. To use uh, your language, Rob, which you have crunched the numbers on this many times. No one no one was lapping anyone like Roman is doing now. Right, and that's the difference. All right, when you had Cena and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho and The Undertaker and Edge and Randy Orton all there at the same time, then yeah, then then yeah, it makes sense to have two quote unquote top titles. Sure, you don't have that now, and, and it made sense, you know, five six years ago when they were doing it with the WWE and the Universal Championship. Because yeah, Brock uh, was still. King of the mountain for sure, but again, it was not to this to this degree. I don't think. And and also Brock part time, and that's different. Right. Exactly. But but despite the lighter schedule, Roman is still very much full time. Yeah. And so whoever beats him, look, I mean, it's not going to happen until they have somebody. Well, it, well, either he's going to keep it until somebody can do all the things he's doing right now after they beat him is either going to be that or and I've suggested this, or it's going to be like how they used to do with Ric Flair. He loses the title, wins it back a few months later. I think it's going to be one or the other. If, if you're looking for the big, like kind of total final victory where somebody takes the torch from Roman Reigns upon beating him, it's going to be a while. We're two to three years out from that. And, well, and like we really are. Roman's still got two to three years left in him at this level. Yeah. And he he's like, what, 36, 37? Yeah. He's not 47, okay? Right. Now, and, we and don't he, know what his health is like, and we don't know what kind of long-term ramifications this will have for him. So we may not get Roman Reigns into his 40s like we got AJ Styles, like we've got you know, Shinsuke Nakamura. Roman may, the guy might just not want to. He's made a shit ton of money at this well, point. And there's that too. You know, it's a very, he may very well have an endpoint. And that endpoint yeah. may be 40 years old, 39 years old, 41 years old. We don't know. And some of that will be heavily dependent on okay, have I had enough? Can my body do it? And who's next? Those three questions, until those three questions are answered, 
Roman Reigns is your top guy in the World Wrestling Federation. Right. And, and I hate to lay that out to you guys. And look, and, and uh, uh, people, I, personal, I personally love to hear you say those words, and it makes me fantastically happy. Yes. Well, and, I, I know there's, a, I know there's a, a crowd of people out there who do not like that answer. But right now, they're, like, so we on this show have a short list, and that list consists of two people <laughs> that we can see, like, ultimately dethroning. The problem is both of those guys are the same age he is. So when we look three years down the road, five years down the road, those guys, again, are going to be older. Are they going to be the guys that you're going to hand the reins of the company over to? Like when Roman finally says, okay, I'm done, who are you giving it to? Who, who's going to do it next? Who's going to step up? Who's the next me in this scenario? And, you know, with, and, and our short list is Big E and Cody Rhodes. Well, right. And you know, also and our, some – no, sorry, Rob. Uh, DJ, go ahead and finish. So the, the, the question in the air right now is, if those guys aren't the next guys, who is? And right now, I'm a big Seth Rollins mark, but I will keeping it a buck. It ain't Seth Rollins. And he's the same. He's the same age as Roman. He is the same age as Roman. Like I said, I hate saying that as a Seth Rollins mark. He's my dude. But when I look at what Roman does, what Roman brings, the numbers, the dollars, the merchandise, and everything like that. Seth ain't that guy. And neither is Kevin Owens. Neither is neither is Kevin Owens. And these are all people I that I love. I I we are asking a fascinating question about Sami Zayn and get back to me in like three months. Cause I he, think that's gonna go for a while. He ain't that guy. No. He ain't the guy. Again, he's he's the same age as the rest of them and he's more broken. I want to see if his well, right, that's also true. He's not that guy, but if they're gonna do the rob and Hey, the, the Rob Ric Flair example. Rob's Ric Flair example. Yes. You could hot potato as a Sami Zayn for a month or two. Yep. You but absolutely Definitively, could. the guy to... T- Sorry, I just, I just spin off that point of Rob's whole... Guys, it's not going to be... It's going to be very few people. It's going to... It's also not going to be immediate. No. Stop everybody clamoring for, oh, is it going to be soon? Is it going to be soon? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? I will stamp this one in the ground. Don't even think about it until that guy crosses 1,000 days as champion. It's oh, not going to happen. That, that's that not is, even a question. Right. That is, you, you, sell, you sell guys like super fans like me plaques. You sell everybody T-shirts. You sell the hell out of that thing. And yes. also the celebration episode where yes. Coach comes out and challenges them or whatever. And um, no. To a thousand days, guys, I can absolutely promise you that. Uh, look, I, I will plant the flag on that one because a we the one thousand, I mean, or something like that. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> there are going to be some t shirts with, with a thousand on it. Okay, they are they're not already pass working that on the font for that t shirt, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and look, I said this about Mandy Rose that when she got close to a year, like, of course, she's going to keep it for the whole year. Right, because they they weren't going to get it to 350 and then say, okay, that's it. So they're not going to get Roman to 957 and say, you know what? It's been long enough. They love zeros, fives, and years, guys. Yeah, it's been long enough. We've got to give Johnny Gargano a chance. 
that's that's not going to happen. It's not. Okay. Gonna happen. It's, it's not. I'm sorry. Oh. Days, 500 days. Well, we passed 500 days, so we're going to a thousand. You know, it's it just. I don't know. And yeah, yeah and they, this, it's, it's not stopping anytime soon. And I think it would be absolutely hilarious if the Rob prophecy comes true, where we get a thousand days, he loses it for a couple of months or even a month, and then gets it back. That well, would pop me to the moon. Well, it's just okay. Well, what it, else it, do again, you because can I said this point? He, he's not going to walk, or he's not going to be on TV for a whole year with no belt. We're not doing that. That's over. Okay, because if you got him walking around with no belt, then you know what the guy with the belt is? He's a substitute teacher. Yep. He's exactly the promo he cut on Drew. He's like, oh, well, you know, you are a secondary champion. You're the guy they get when I'm busy. You know, and yeah. that's exactly what that guy would become right now, especially right. if you especially if you split one of the belts off from him. And, oh, yeah. man, that guy is a – I know I, ta- I talked about that for a while. But it had, to, and I said it at the time, it had to be done immediately. It had to be done Monday night, or like he holds onto that thing for a month. Now the two belts—that's part of the tribal chief's iconography now. And the other guys yeah. have two belts, so there you go. Right, and that, and that's that's all there is to it. So far in deep tribal chief waters, for all of you guys who want this ride to end, there's a lovely show on Wednesday nights that I'm sure you should check out. Yeah. And, Everybody gets a turn, and, except and other, for you know. And the other thing is, okay, about they haven't really hot potatoed the top belt anyway. Well, here's the other thing, though. Okay, so you want this rain to end? What, what are we going to replace it with? Okay, like, I mean, what? Our, our two guys are on the shelf right now, so we're not 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 nobody right now. I mean, okay, who there right now is going to give you the kind of storyline that we're getting with the bloodline? Um. Mm-mm. Nobody. Okay. Yeah, I answered it for you. Um, nobody. And nobody. and if 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 you're obsessed with somebody again, with somebody picking up the torch from him, if that's what you want, if you want him to lose to the next guy, then we're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Uh, like we've been saying. Now, if you just if if you really want to see him lose that bad. Then, then your best hope is that they decide to do what you know my example, okay? Because that way, yeah, somebody else can get it for a couple of months and then he'll win it back. Because he's not walking, like I said, he's not walking around for six months or a year with no belt. And again, with that hope, keep in mind that is happening after WrestleMania this year because that's when he crosses a thousand days. Right, exactly. And um, and strap in. Yeah, and and oh, by the way, no. And he's not running off to Hollywood. Yeah. No. Stop with this running off to Hollywood. How many of them have actually run off to Hollywood? And I don't mean go do a couple of WWE films movies or get a few bit parts. Get a bit part in your cousin's movie where you don't even talk. Sorry, bud. I love you to death. But And you get a few bit parts on Nickelodeon and whatever. When you weren't doing anything else and you couldn't do your day job. I'm sorry. I'm trying to say that as nicely as humanly possible. And I am forever grateful that those opportunities crossed his path. 
but let us keep both our feet on the ground that looking the part in wrestling and looking the part in Hollywood are fundamentally different. Yeah. And so there was one guy, one guy, one guy. Yeah. Yep. There was one guy. Don't give me your Steve Austin's. Don't give me. No, stop. Within lockdown part two and prison Look, break. Pal, I enjoyed those uh, Steve Austin straight to DVD movies. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed them. I bet fine. Or the other guys who have become regular working actors, it took them a really long time. Yeah. It took, yeah. It took John exactly. Cena a, a very long time to become a regular working actor. Don't, and don't come to me with Batista, because like, it took him a long time before he finally broke through with, uh, with um, Guardians. Yeah. And then yeah. it was races for that friggin' dude. But it took him a while, too. Yeah. It's not just all of a sudden where... Nobody just becomes the Scorpion King except for one dude, guys. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I got And dudes. as much as I, I drag on the dude, as much as I joke about he needs to come acknowledge the tribal chief and he's a coward, which he is. But dude, the guy is a one in a million megastar, charismatic, supernova of a human. Yes, of course that dude went to Hollywood. Everybody else, please let's relax. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. And it's just so and I gave you examples because look, some of y'all talk like, you know, the day he loses the title, he's going to go back to Gorilla and Kevin Feige is going to be sitting there waiting for him. OK, yeah. <laughs> that's not happening. OK, no, it's, it's not happening. OK, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, he loses the title and then Kevin Feige is like, OK, uh, Joe, you know, tough break out there, but uh can I interest you in the Avengers initiative? I mean, <laughs> okay, that's not going to happen, okay? Oh, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's Bye. call Let's call it a night here, gentlemen, before we get down and we go another hour. <laughs> Strap in. All hail the travel chief. That's right. right Anywho, we're going home tonight. Wrapping back <laughs> around like I started to do about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> From the Rob the Genius Podcast, Mr. Rob, good night tonight, sir. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, sir, thank you very much. Friends, thank you so much. This was awesome. And I am your host, DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here till next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.